From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the PwC scandal continues to deepen, and now about a dozen partners have been stood down from the consultancy giant that's effectively been ruled out of future government contracts. What have we learned so far about the way government is run from all of this? PwC was involved under the Abbott government in confidential tax consultations, and it was bound to confidentiality by an agreement, but then it went against that agreement and used information that it was privy to to drum up business for itself, and that's led to this scandal. It really has shocked, I think, government and uh, bureaucracy and indeed the private sector that deals with government because it it just has such ramifications. We've also learned, of course, that these consultancy firms and PwC in in this case and in particular have tentacles all around the place. So they're involved in uh, procurement issues, involved in the advisory process. Labor in opposition railed against the contracting out of services and advice getting and In government, it's cutting back on this and and giving more muscle to the public service. But even so, taking that into account, you will always get government using outside consultants to an extent. And on issues like taxation affecting uh, international companies, governments will need to get outside advice. So you have to have a system in place where confidentiality is guaranteed. Yes, I mean, governments may well need outside advice, but this does seem to be quite excessive, doesn't it, that they pay millions and millions of dollars to these big multinational firms when they've got thousands of bureaucrats employed to do the work of government as well. That's right. And as I say, the the Labor government thinks that this practice, particularly uh, under the the Morrison government, but earlier coalition governments, was bad and and went far too far. But nevertheless, it's never going to stop. And on some of these really complicated issues, outside expertise does have to be brought in. So, Uh, It it is a question of trying to make sure that there are enough protections in place. Okay, and Michelle, on Monday, the Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan made the shock announcement that this would be his last week, not only as Premier but as an MP. He's leaving politics altogether. The new Premier will be Roger Cook. Does McGowan's resignation have any implications federally for Labor, especially in WA? I think it does have implications, at least indirectly, because the McGowan name was helpful, I think, to Anthony Albanese winning uh, several extra seats in Western Australia at the election. And that means that Labor at the moment federally is at a quite high point uh, in Western Australia. I think it was going to have trouble anyway holding on to all those seats because one of the other factors of course a related factor to uh, the popularity of McGowan was that 
Scott Morrison was incredibly unpopular because McGowan stood up for the state running its own race on, on COVID, closed the borders. He fought that high court case course against Clive Palmer, who, who tried to force the border open. That case initially had been supported. The Palmer side of that case had been supported by Scott Morrison. So the absence of Scott Morrison would always mean that it's going to be difficult for Anthony Albanese in the West next time to do as well. But I think without the McGowan factor, uh, that degree of difficulty is raised, even though at this week's caucus meeting, the Prime Minister was talking about trying to to win another marginal seat in, in the West, as well as marginals in other parts. But I think that there was a bit of a, a defensive note about that. All right. And Anthony Albanese is about to jet off on another overseas trip, this time to Singapore, where he'll make a major speech at the Shangri-La Dialogue on Friday. Why is this trip significant? I guess it's uh, part of his very high profile on the international stage. It's a keynote speech he's giving, and that's been seen and promoted as uh, significant by Labor. I think he will go through how his government has been very active in improving Australia's uh, status in the region, the Indo-Pacific region. And uh, also one would expect he would canvas the uh, regional outlook as Australia sees it. So it is a significant speech and he will also be visiting Vietnam on that trip. All right. And finally, Michelle, the Reserve Bank will meet again on Tuesday to make a decision about interest rates. There was some inflation news out today. How might that affect which way the board goes? The Bureau of Statistics put out the latest inflation figures and it showed a 6.8% inflation figure for the 12 months to April. Now that was above what the market was expecting but the effect on the board's thinking next week is unclear because uh, the Governor of the Reserve Bank has made the point about the volatility of these inflation figures and there are some Uh, special aspects uh, of this. So it is uh, simply not uh, at all certain at this stage how that will feed into the the board's thinking. But I'm sure that uh, mortgage holders will be hoping that this will be seen as a a bit of a one-off and uh, and, and not lead to a, a rate rise next week. Yes, indeed. We'll wait and see what happens. Michelle, great to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com. Hi, I'm Misha Ketchell, editor of The Conversation. We work with academic experts to make their work accessible so we can all be better informed. Everything we do is free to read and free to republish. Our only agenda is informing you, but we need your support. Every donation helps ensure quality information is available to everyone. Become a donor today. Go to donate.theconversation.com or follow the link in the show notes.